Welcome to Beyond the Binding. I'm Tiff. And I'm Moni. And we're here to talk about something we love. Books. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> we have recently got some new audio stuff going on. We have a second microphone. It's uh, fancy and she loves it. It looks like a little ball. I can now, like, use it like I'm the Goblin King from freaking Labyrinth. It's, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm taking it to work. It's happening. <laughs> so happening. The main problem we're having is we sit right next to each other. So we're trying to figure out how to stop each mic from picking each of us up. And all of the P sounds. I apologize. Um, anyway. To get to the nitty gritty here, we've got a couple of books we want to talk to you about. Now, I just finished mine because I previously uh, got really distracted. I had surgery and stopped freaking reading. So, I'm going to be talking to you a book that talking to you about a book <laughs> that has taken me like over a month to read, and it's been over a month since Moni has read her book. Um, yeah, I just double checked. I read this book at the beginning of maybe the end of January, beginning of February. Um, so more than a month. Yeah. Um, so bear with me if I don't remember details as well as I should have. I did not technically write down a summary for this one like I should have. Um, so just just bear with me. I'm doing my best. And then I'm always, almost always flying by the seat of my pants, but usually have the book in front of me to reference and uh i can't find it i think my kid moved it actually but i know most of the characters names i know the plot i looked up the author so we should be good we have ratings we have opinions it'll be fine it's gonna be interesting for sure yeah do you want me to start like uh, every other week or do we want to switch it up and let you start um, first? Well, I mean, you go ahead. You go for it. Okay. I never have a need to be first. I'm not that person. I'm not either. So like it's the way we've been going is good, I guess, unless somebody emails us and is like, we would like to hear Monty's opinions first. Thank you. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like which nobody needs do. to do that. I mean, they can. They can. We have an email address now. We I'm do. I put it in the last, like, info of the last podcast, but I don't know how many people actually look at that. But if you wanted to email us... Oh, God. Now i got to look it up again. I think it's... Oh, it's right here. It is... What is it? Oh, well, yeah. That's a good question. It's beyondthebindingpod at gmail.com. You can email us. I will check it, like, once a month. But... Right before we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Actually... I checked it like a week ago, but oh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, but we don't have any emails still. It's fine. It's fine. It's new. It's a new thing. Uh, I like getting mail, so you could just say hi. <laughs> I just say hi, Tiff. How hi, are Tiff. you? You got hot takes on that book that I loved. You're an asshole, and I'll still be happy. Just like I'm just to say, I, I I think some people are eventually gonna end up like sending hate mail to that for me and because it's gonna be like really i loved that book and you were just kind of like eh <laughs> and i'm gonna be like yeah that's that's me we'll respond we'll have like a 
a normal like a automated response to be like hey opinions are like assholes everybody's got them yours is nothing different that's how i'm gonna deal with hate mail just is that is that how you're gonna do it yeah just in case anybody has an idea in their head that they're gonna send us hate mail but i doubt at this stage any of our listeners are gonna send us hate mail I don't as know. i'm pretty sure it consists of like Hey, you never know. My best friend might decide to send you hate to send us hate mail for funsies. You don't know that. Please you don't, don't know. Please don't send me hate mail. I love you. Just send me hate mail. She also loves you. I do love you, but I need you to send me hate mail for funsies. And for all of those who aren't our best friends, uh, we also love you or hate you. Probably not hate you. We don't know you. Well, anyway, moving on. I wow. read a book. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. We don't, we don't hate our, li- our listeners, for the record. We love you, unless you decide to send us hate mail. Unless you're my best friend sending us hate mail, in which case I will always love you, first of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now that we've gotten all of the prerequisites out of the way, please email us, uh, send us any information, uh, any, not information, any, what's the word? recommendations recommendations for books you would like to have reviewed or you've heard good things or bad things about and you would like our opinions on them we are 100 percent willing to find them pick them up and talk about them i'm willing to our only qualifications for that by the way is the fact that we both have a degree in english that's like the only qualification we have for even giving our opinion on anything in the first place. Yeah, but there Which are isn't, like, the best qualification, but it is, in fact, a qualification. We have a literal degree in the study of literature. I think we can at least talk about books. With That's what I'm some saying. There's, there's um, a little bit of a qualification there. That's all I'm saying. Some degree of expertness. But I there's also... Say. This is the World Wide Web, and boo howdy do everybody have... A fucking opinion, and ninety percent of them have no qualifications or education on the thing they're talking about. I would not uh, presume to say that because I have an English degree means that my opinion is any good. But that's what I'm saying. I just opinions. I do, in fact, I do, in fact, have a whole degree in this. Yeah, same. So there's that. I feel like, if anything, we are, we are like especially. Especially good at qualifying what makes for good writing at the very least yeah like, like following the rules of the english language good writing not necessarily hey this is a good book like hey they know how to make a sentence <laughs> like that well, one book i read where i was like this this isn't a sentence i have a book to tell you about i we're not going to get into it here because we have other books to talk about. And I need to talk about this book before I forget. But I have a whole other book to tell you about that I found in a classroom. I'll tell you about it later. But okay. it's it was bad. After, it was so bad. After the pod. If yes. this podcast pops off, we'll probably have like a an after the pod. Because <laughs> we're going to have to continue the conversations we started during the pod. And then it's just a bunch of people like, um, so you never finished that thought process. Could we could we get the deets there? Yeah, Thank can, you. Can you continue that olive branch that like you just sidetracked yourself for like 10 minutes and then decided, oh, wait, we were talking about something else and then left it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we could. We yeah. could do something like that. We could just 
literally uh, just record every conversation we have because at this point, that's what we're doing anyways. Um, with a little bit more focus. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Nope. Okay. Your book. Sorry. Go ah, ahead. Yes. Uh, Pocket Full of Posies was written by Sean Sarles. I found it in the youth section book. Youth section book? I found the book in the youth section at the bookstore. I am probably not going to edit the crap out of this like I normally do. So all of my dumbness is going to come through. Anyway. She doesn't edit that much. She's she's exaggerating. I do. I, I, I edit out like every long pause and a whole bunch of ums. That's about all I do. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I have edited out some of my own messy mouth. But um, Pocket Full of Posies, written by Sean Sarles. It's a young adult book that's part of the horror genre. I picked it up because I like horror. Typically. I haven't read a lot of young adult horror. I think I've mentioned it before. I tend to stick in like, you know, that dystopian vibe. But I wanted to kind of feel it out. I had a really cool cover. That's why you told me to read it next. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, as far as content in the book, it was... It was okay. You know, I was, I don't know how to explain it, but it took me a really long time to read it because I was not into it. It was very predictable, right? So I'll just kind of get into it. It's about a girl named Parker and her best friend, Danny. The, the book starts out with them doing like a B and E at another high school. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So they're on the other school's tennis team right or no <laughs> they're at the jesus christ they're on their school's tennis team and they're at another school trying to sabotage 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 the tennis rackets of their like rival team as like a prank but it's just parker and danny that are doing it and it was parker's idea because parker has a nickname at school because she vomited all over the place the first day of school Oh, no. And so the mean girl who also happens to be like the captain of the tennis team calls her BB for short of barf bag. Wow, that girl really read holes in like third grade and really stuck with it, huh? Yeah, she's uh, real imaginative, very original. We're so proud of her. (laughs) She's not really... uh, very predominant in the book she doesn't really talk you don't have any interaction with her other than you know that she's kind of queen bee and she dared parker to do this and parker dragged danny because danny's her best friend and And that's what we do in life we drag our best friends to go do shit that they don't want to do yeah so you know they're cutting the tennis racket weaves i don't know what the fuck they're called they're actual rackets they're fucking them up breaking and entering and destroying of property um illegal shit yeah and they wind up like being caught in the school like the cops come or security for the school comes and parker just bolts she takes the fuck off and leaves danny (gasps) rude ass bitch yes but as she's running she's like panicking because she knows she's leaving Parker or she's not she knows she's leaving Danny and that she shouldn't be but she's terrified 
and she doesn't want to get caught and she goes home and she's not ever caught but she gets text messages from danny like you left me how dare you like uh, friends fuck, anymore. yeah yeah she's yeah. like danny like goes off on her and then part for danny has like this existential crisis and the next day her mom comes to her and is like hey your dad got a job and you find out her dad has been out of work and has been trying to find a job and has been struggling finding a job. That's what I was trying to think of. Her mom and dad have been having a bad relationship times. Like Parker has noticed they've been yelling and fighting a lot more because Mm of the, the no job situation. They've been like down on their luck without a lot of money and Parker doesn't really want to add to it. So her mom comes and is like, your dad got a job. We're going to be moving, but you and I can stay here so you can be with Danny and finish out school, blah, 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 be with your friends. And Parker's like, well, I already fucking burned that bridge. Danny doesn't like me. Let's just go. She's really hurt and sad. And so she just decides to pack her shit up and they move like the next day without her ever talking to Danny. Damn. So like she never responds to Danny's text messages. She just assumes all these things. And it's really frustrating because it doesn't really give you anything to be invested in Danny or in their friendship other than you know that they're best friends and that she did some she did done fucked up right um but it's like I don't give a shit about Danny I don't give a shit about this friendship I barely give a shit about Parker like they're not giving you enough buy-in in the first place the whole first chapter is them breaking in and then like leaving so I was like do I want to keep reading this but you know I can't stop once I've started because my brain so I kept going and unlike um, me who just just like fuck this shit and puts it back yeah mm-hmm. so I keep going and it doesn't really get any better um <laughs> they moved to this new town called coronation I think it's coronation weird fucking name but okay it could be it's something anyways they're really into roses like parker really notices that there's this strong carnation maybe that's not carnation i think it's coronation i wish i had the book in front of me but they move into a house that's provided to them by the people that just hired parker's dad and they hired him for security uh he's setting up like cameras and trying to catch somebody who's vandalizing their rosarium um you find out there's like graffiti being put on and just general destruction and break-ins. They're trying to figure out who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I finally remembered his name. That's good. Excellent. I'm yeah. very proud of you. So they, you find out that that company is paying for their house. The house is surrounded by roses. Mm-hmm. The first day they're there when they're like unpacking their car and stuff, the owners come over and they're like, hey, we're your boss slash owner slash the fucking mayor's wife. Like, okay, that's people... some Stepford creepy shit right there. And I don't like it. Yeah, these people this is like some like Twin Peaks weird shit happening. They like own the town, but they're super nice. Like Parker's family loves them. Parker likes them. She's kind of enamored because the first person that comes over is their son, Bryce. And of course. And she's like, oh, he's kind of cute. He looks like a jock. He was really nice. And then, He doesn't call her barf bag. No. And then his mom comes over and she's like, oh, you guys are going to school tomorrow at the same time. Blah, 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 blah. 
and Bryce offers to like take her around the school and show her where her classes are and shit. And Parker's like, yeah, cool. I'll see you there kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Then I feel like there was no mention in between them deciding they're moving to coronation and moving there and in Parker's first day of school and then what happens on her first day of school because she has to go to basically like church where the headmaster of the school like mayor of coronation aka Bryce's dad the guy who basically runs everything in town and a creepy really fucking weird Stepford Twin Peaks kind of fucking vibes yeah yeah he's the headmaster and he's like preaching right and you find out i don't like him already no he creeps me out and then like after this is when park not park yeah parker's mom addresses like that it's not a cult but it's cult ish but it's not a cult it's totally a cult if you have to say it's not a cult it's it's a a cult cult. she calls it a new religion it's a cult yeah so parker goes to school but bryce doesn't show up he doesn't show her around school. He, she doesn't see him at all that day. She does see Beth, which is Bryce's little sister who is in the same grade as Parker. And they become best friends. But you realize... like, Watch out, Beth. She'll leave you. Beth gets her to try out <laughs> for tennis, which is like in the middle of the tennis year. It's like really uh, weird. Even Parker's like, it's weird for tennis to start now. And they're like, oh, well, Coronation has a different like schedule. And they all played off. But, like, they'd have to be playing against other schools. Yes. So, how do they have a different... Okay, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. This whatever. This is what weirded it's me out. It's almost like I know anything about school schedules, you know? It's weird because Parker, like, acknowledges, hey, this is kind of strange. But then she just brushes it off. Just like the cult thing. Her mom is like, it's a cult, but it's not a cult, but it's kind of like a cult, right? It's fine. We don't have to worry about the fact that it's a cult, but it's not a cult, but it is a cult. It'll be fine. Yeah, they're nice people, and they just and they're paying your dad well, and they all just brush it off, right? The only weird thing is that first day when Parker's watching or like she's trying to participate, but she's not religious and she doesn't believe in any of this bullshit that the headmaster's spewing. And so she's, like, bending her head down so she looks like she's, like, praying or partaking in whatever he's talking about. But she's just glancing around and she sees a kid with really blonde hair blowing on his nails because he's painted his nails these bright blue, this bright bright blue shade. And he looks at her and he, like, the first way it's described, it sounds like he just smiles at her, like, nicely. Okay, but then that still seems creepy. Afterwards, it's described as he's like grimacing at her, or she takes it like he's looking at her with like a menacing look. Honestly, they're probably all looking at her like in a menacing look. Hasn't she seen like the movies with the creepy cult people? But they're not the only one that looks at her like she's new or an outsider. Is this boy? The rest of them are like gung ho treating her. 100% like she's a crown jewel. Like she's great. She's wonderful. She's not the new girl. She fits right in. She gets on the tennis team. She. That's even more worrisome for me she personally. She partners with Beth and she realizes after she gets on the tennis team, oh shit, I haven't thought about Danny for weeks. Poor and Danny. She realizes that she's not 
thinking or she's not caring as much. And as she goes on, you find out the boy's name is Ryder and that he's got something against something going on in the town. He sends her a note that basically is like a threatening note that says, like, get out. But you don't know it's him. It's just a note with roses and thorns and a little green Japanese beetle painted on it. And um, it's basically like you need to leave, like trying to scare her away. Mm-hmm. And she sees like people moving in like her backyard and she just tosses it like she just is like, oh, it's just um, like the gardeners, the people here tending to the roses because there are a lot of roses and a lot of like gardeners and stuff. And then this is the kind of girl that would be in that watcher house, you know, like the the thing from BuzzFeed Unsolved. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, oh, look at all these fun little notes I'm being left. So weird. Oh, somebody's watching me in my backyard. Must just be my gardener. It'd be OK. And then she'd get murdered. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so she goes to school and she's like looking for this kid because Mm -hmm. she wants to ask him why he keeps like staring at her or being menacing towards her because she saw him on the street when she was with her dad and he was throwing like pop like firecrackers at the ground oh like the little ones that like when the snappers yeah we actually used to not not we i didn't do it i just watched everybody else do it some kids in my class in high school may or may not have thrown them up to the front of the room to see if the teacher would step on them i did not throw any of them kids in my class did that too i was just laughing only on like substitute days nope it was the actual teacher it was our coach um in history class yeah interesting Mm-hmm. but anyway sorry poppers yeah so he was like throwing poppers at the ground and like got her attention and she followed him and she wound up in front of this big wall of graffiti which she finds out is like the entrance to the rosarium or like a wall to the rosarium and it's got those same green beetles and she's like it's him he's the one that sent me the note and that's um graffitiing everything yeah graffitiating i don't know what that word is <laughs> graffitiing i'm not, i'm not an english major definitely not i don't have a degree in this absolutely not never mind we have a degree in literature not words uh please forget what i said at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> i am in fact a whole idiot <laughs> <laughs> that's okay me too so i should have gotten water before this anyway i know right i'm like i'm thirsty so she finds out that it's him that's vandalizing and breaking in which so he's the guy her father's looking for but she doesn't tell her dad her dad like gets her and he's like we need to leave or leave like this is what i'm talking about and then they go back to the car and then the next day Ryder, like she's in school also I need to backtrack a little bit. All over the school are pictures of a woman with a rose crown on her head and they call her Rosamond. She is like their patron saint. She's who they do all of their praying to. Okay. She, there's a whole fucking backstory about 
the people that came over from England and the York Roses, like the War of the Roses, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how when they came over, they the only thing that really survived other than them was this one singular white rose that was a York Rose, and they planted it, and then Rosamond came from the rose, and then she saved them so they didn't starve and gave them like plentiful bounty and whatever. I don't know. So okay. they like they do a rose festival basically. They do like pray to Rosamund, whatever. That's kind of necessary to know because the rest of it kinda of has to do with Rosamund and Parker. And a little bit of Ryder. So Ryder pulls her into a classroom. He covers her mouth and like kidnaps her away into a classroom and she's like ready creeper she's like ready to fight him she's like what are you doing get your hands off me and he's like don't like whatever you do you have to leave like he's not he's being really vague he's not like explaining what's going on but he's like get the fuck out you need to go don't fall down it's gonna start earlier than they're doing it before they're supposed to be doing it they don't usually do it this early you do not fall down is what he's telling her, right? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, leave. If you can't leave, don't fall down. They're going to do... She winds up... Fall down, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. That, it says... Oh my... Are you serious? Just, I told you. I told you it was predictable. Oh my God. And I told you the other day when you told me to stop talking about it that it was predictable, right? right? Yes, right? yes, right? yes, okay. yes. So. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So. Parker. Oh, Rosamond. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. It's fine. Parker walks out of the classroom and immediately she sees Beth, who is like her best friend at this point. Like months have gone by. They are legitimate best friends. Besties. Mm-hmm. Poor Beth. And I Beth's feel like, bad for her. Oh, please. Parker. Don't. Parker will leave you in a heartbeat, girl. <laughs> she'll let the cops get you and then she'll never think about you again. Poor Danny. I'm still, I, you know what? Justice for Danny. Justice for Danny. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. So she walks out and she sees Beth and Beth's like, oh my God, come with me. And like, for some fucking reason they were at school, but school's not happening. It's the Rose Festival, which happens at the school in like the gardens behind the school. I don't fucking know. So they like. This is so fucking... And nobody thinks this place is weird. We're still like, everybody's so nice here. It's so awesome to be a part of this cult, not cult, cult. Yes. I feel like I need to go back again because I'm scatterbrained about everything and I apologize. When she was doing tennis tryouts, she was really nervous because she was thinking about Danny and she didn't want to make a new partner with a new girl and just replace Danny immediately because she still loves Danny. And she like hit the ball really weird and she went chasing after it but didn't actually go to it she wound up in like the rose gardens and she wound up helping this nun lady like tend to the roses and spread uh, this powder all over them and she didn't know what it was the lady was really nice ashes ashes she was really nice and but oh I apologize for the singing my bad don't apologize just, just the, the singing was bad my bad okay go ahead I can hear you. You can't hear you. <laughs> I can hear me. Um, so she is like this really ominous lady with shears, but she's like talking to her. She tells her the story of the York Rose and all that stuff. Right. So we kind of needed to know that because that sets up some shit for later. So 
Beth takes her to the Rose Festival and they're gonna go do the shit, whatever. She grabs her hands and they start going in a circle around this giant statue that's not they she calls them statues but they're not statues they're like topiaries oh okay statue like topiaries okay of rosamond right all of the young girls in the town are going around it and as they're going around it they get faster and faster they're holding hands and they're singing ring around the rosy Rosy, pocket full of posies Ashes, ashes, we we all all fall down. down. They do that repeatedly. And the weird part to me is that not everybody knows in this town, apparently, that that's just like an everyday fucking, like, nursery rhyme. rhyme that was written about the fucking plague. Yeah, whatever. Parker's like, I kind of remember this, but like, there's something familiar, but not. Anyway. She winds up going around and then like leaping. I don't know. It's weirdly described. It's like the way it's written is like she leaps forward out of it and falls. But then it's described later that she like felt pushed almost and she just fell forward and lost her footing. Okay. So she falls in front of Rosamond. And then everybody's like, oh, she chose you. And she's like, shit, Beth's going to hate me because, like, I'm the new girl. I shouldn't be Rosamond's chosen. And there's, like, a word for it. But they start treating her like royalty. Like, they curtsy at her. They treat her with, like, reverence. She gets the rose crown that was on the And then later they sacrifice her. All right. You can go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry. You weren't wrong. It's very predictable. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I fucking told you. I mean, it's literally like every, like, it's like that whole Midsommar movie that I never even saw, but I could tell you, like, the whole fucking plot of. Like, it's. Yes, but also that shit has some weird ass shocking fucking weird shit that happens. I'm just saying it's very predictable. Okay. I'm sorry. They treat her like royalty. They're bowing at her feet. Everybody, please forget that I gave away what was happening next. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> uh, she starts having nightmares about Rosamond burning her alive at the stake. Like she's dreaming that the topiary is coming alive, grabbing her and burning her at the stake while singing ashes to ashes. Which is interesting, because as a topiary, it should also burn. <laughs> you think? Not this one. This one's a special topiary. It's magical. Yeah. So she's, like, having nightmares, and she winds up just trying not to sleep. And she manages pretty good. She goes, like, 30 hours. She gets to school, and she falls asleep in class and has a dream that she's being burnt in the classroom, and no nobody's paying attention. Like, nobody gives a shit. The only person... That sounds like a classroom. The only person that's like, he's weird because he like disappears for a really long time. And she's like, where the fuck is Ryder? He told me not to, to fall. And then I fell. And then he just disappears. And she's like, shit. He has he has answers to these questions I have. Like, she's not telling anybody that she can't sleep. She's not telling anybody about the bad dreams. Not even the, her bestest best friend in the whole world, Beth. Mm-mm. And they justice for nanny (laughs) (laughs) 
They wind up going to like a youth group at Beth's house, which means the headmaster slash church leader slash mayor slash Beth's daddy. Yeah, slash owner of the fucking world is like doing his own little soliloquy, right? And there's a conversation about like sacrificing yourself or sacrificing your food for the greater good of others. Whatever. He tells like a like a metaphor or an allegory to like symbolize any the only person that's really answering the questions right is parker and she's like there's something to this i'm not comfortable here but whatever she's there because it's beth's house it's beth's dad it's she's the like rose duchess or rose queen or whatever the fuck it's called and rose uh, sacrifice she gets up to go to the bathroom or to wander around or get snacks or something after they're all dismissed and she comes across a picture and what is the picture of let me tell you what it's of please tell me it is a photograph but like an oil painting style photograph you know from like when they got off the boat with the white rose of a family oh wow is it that family and a girl the family look eerily similar to the family in which whose house she is standing i don't think that oh was a my goodness i am so shocked she's like i could not believe this i could never see this coming my goodness the spider's got so many twists and turns she's like you can see the family resemblance they must be really connected to the first family that came here oh god what's wrong with her and bryce comes up and he's like yeah Hey, you want to go to a dance? Like, like they're just like talking and the like, kid that never showed up to show her around school. Oh yeah, she forgave him for that ages ago. Now she's got a crush on him. There's and something like, wrong with her. She's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, she's not too bright. Uh, I hate to say it, but anyways, neither hither or thither. <laughs> thither. Um. She tells him she'll go to the dance with him, and then they wind up leaving the area, like with the portrait but there was a girl in the portrait that wasn't the family and uh bryce gives some like background information on her as in like she was the first rose queen or rose duchess but she doesn't look happy to be in that picture no because she knows what's coming she's a little sussy sus so she's like "Mm, something seems hinky here yeah so in her like wanting to find answers and while she's having all these nightmares she keeps seeing people in robes of different colors like floral colors like purple pink red in her backyard colors that roses could be Mm -hmm. Mm. she keeps seeing them in her backyard and she's like it's the nightmares they're getting to me kind of thing and she winds up being like initiated by the tennis team that she's a part of Mm -hmm. they're wearing robes of those colors and they take her and she's like oh it was just them like you guys have been planning this for weeks you're like coming into my backyard and they're like no this is just your initiation you fought back beth didn't do this and she's like well you grabbed me and dragged me into the woods what did you expect kind of thing but we expect everyone to become docile when we grab them out of their beds in the middle of the night and then drag them into the woods and then sacrifice them on, on an altar, obviously. No, these are just young girls. and they're No, like, no, these aren't yeah. the creepy people that are going to, you know, sacrifice her to keep their, their youth or anything like that. Not all of them. No. Nah. But they're, it's fine. She like goes 
and hangs out with them. They have a picnic or whatever. And then she goes home and she's fine. She winds up at some point getting a little satchel of posies Mm -hmm. from Beth. And Beth says that it like keeps bad dreams away or like she tells her that it keeps your mind clear or does (laughs) something. And it does. Beth's a liar. It does help Parker. She stops having nightmares. She stops feeling foggy. She's able. She gets her first eight hours of sleep in months because she puts the posies under her pillow. It probably helps because more than likely the people from the past that have been sacrificed are now trying to help her see what's coming for her. And now Beth has to put a stop to that. So that way she can keep her fucking calm. Um, no, although kind of, but not with the posies. We'll get there. So we're going to talk a little bit about Ryder because Ryder is like this weird half there character. He feels like he's only a little bit fleshed out. He, the, his story is that the year prior he came out as gay to his family and he was. Congratulations, Ryder. Yes. We're very proud of you. Having a hard time. It just he wasn't very present in his own life and he had a sister. His sister's name was Morgan and she got chosen as the Rose Princess or Rose Duchess or Queen or whatever the fuck the name is that I can't think of right now. It doesn't matter. She was a fucking sacrifice. That's what she matters. She got picked at the Rose Festival. The story is she fell off a cliff into water and they couldn't find her. She died. The headmaster told her parents and her parents just were like yeah right and Ryder's like devastated because he's like i should have known i should have been able to help her and we're like i'm saying we we me and parker parker's (laughs) like why and she wants to find out more about morgan but Ryder doesn't know anything because he was really not like he wasn't present so he didn't talk to his sister he didn't know who she hung out with he didn't know what was going on in her life and but he doesn't believe that she fell off a cliff. He thinks something nefarious happened to her. And he thinks it all started when she became the Rose Queen or Rose Princess or Rose Duchess or whatever the fuck. Rose I'm gonna Sacrifice. Say that. We're gonna, this is what's going to happen every time. That's going to be like the name of the podcast. The Rose Sacrifice. <laughs> Rose Queen, Duchess, Princess, Sacrifice, whatever. Yes, I like it. I dig it. Um, so anyways, the story goes on and... Parker winds up finding his sister's or he already had her diary. He winds up giving it to not Parker Ryder winds up finding it. He winds up giving it to Parker and Parker reads it and you find out his sister was having the nightmares that Rosamond was coming for her and it's all of the morning system literally all of these signs and uh, he finds out that Parker has posies and he takes the bag and he destroys it. And she's like, that's the only way I've been able to sleep. Which gives away to him that she's been having the same nightmares that his sister was having. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the smell. He was like, "I nobody believes me. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Mind you, Beth, Bryce, his whole family is like Ryder's trouble. He's a troubled youth. Like... You know, of course, I feel we like can't it listen goes to the saying. to the crazy to the crazy gay kid. We can't be doing that. Yeah, it's, he's a he's a troubled youth because he's gay. It's they're not saying it's because he's gay. They're saying it's because he's just troubled because he doesn't believe, believe their, bullshit their bullshit story. Yeah. I they don't 
good on them. They don't use his gayness against him, but they do. I am shocked just because it's so religious heavy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess there's that. Yeah. Like, it's very open. Like, nobody seems to admonish him. He's the only one that seems to admonish himself. Hmm. But only because he wasn't really there because he was going through his own Right. Thing. So, anyways. He breaks the posy satchel. She gives up the goods that, like, oh, shit. And then Beth winds up finding out and giving her another one. But his whole shtick is uh, that the smell of the flowers is making everybody docile or forget it's like mind controlling them or mind numbing them enough that they don't remember they don't think right for themselves what is with you in the books with the mind control i don't know bro okay all right cool you picked it you know what i did you're not wrong yeah that's my bad it was my fault my bad i picked the shitty book obviously it wasn't shitty it was entertaining towards the end I picked the predictable book. How about Very that? predictable. Very predictable. It was short. It was only like 300 pages, but it took me a while to get through it. I don't know if that's just because it was... Anyways, I'm going to skip forward a, a little bit because like we fucking know how these books go, right? They wind up catching Ryder because he takes Parker with him to break into the Rosarium because he says that there's evidence that they were rescouting every single one of the rose queen princess duchess sacrifice whatever's that was like prior to her Mm -hmm. and that they have addresses on where they had previously lived and what their lives were like but when they go they don't find anything but alarms get triggered and the cops come because parker's dad has set up like alarm systems and security and but she knows that so she hides their faces but they still wind up finding Ryder. And her dad confronts her and is like, I know you were there with him. I'm going to let it slide this time. Don't do it again. Like he protects her, but they let Ryder get arrested. Right? So you think. What is the deal with her and letting people get arrested? She didn't. Ryder got arrested at school. Okay. She got him out safe. Okay. So she kind of redeemed herself a little bit for Danny. Yeah. Um, Justice for Danny. So Ryder's gone. Like you think he's not coming back right mm-hmm. and she, mean she's gone into this fucking hedge maze that at the center supposedly is the flower that's the first flower that has the topiary of rosamond mm-hmm. and when she goes in this is before Ryder. this is like way before anything you find out rider has been mapping out the maze because he has to help her get out because she gets lost because she starts getting chased by topiaries in rose colored like they're they're covered in purple and pink and orange roses. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the, the things, things that was seen. in her backyard, like those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do I keep going with the synopsis, or do I just do do I just tell you what what the the shtick is? Just go ahead and tell me what the okay. shtick is, because I feel like so the shtick is Rosamond's a topiary that's a person, like she ain't dead, yo. And, um, well, she's like, the sacrifice that they make, you know, the Rose Queen, Princess Duchess sacrifice, sacrifice. is a sacrifice. Uh, Shocker. They kill I'm, the I'm girls. completely shocked. Can't believe it. They kill the girls and use their ashes to, like, fertilize their flowers. Ashes. Can't believe it. Beth totally thrown, and thrown off. Both try to help, like, 
kill Parker. Of course they, they do. They tie her up to like a stake and try to burn her at the stake. And then Parker realizes, oh shit, the ashes were what we were from Morgan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while she's on the stake, she sees Danny in the crowd because Riker, not Riker, Ryder reached out to Danny and was like, your friend needs you. You need to help her. And and Danny is an excellent friend, obviously. Even though Danny told Parker, don't fucking talk to me ever again, she was wanting to talk to her and like make up and just hadn't, like mm-hmm. they hadn't figured it out. And Parker had tried to call Danny and Danny called her back, but she was being pulled like into the, the sacrifice area. area yeah. situation. Um, the other topiaries, those are the ones that were made in the image of the other sacrifices because they made one of Parker also that they were going to put in the maze. And they were also kind of alive, kind of like they were like imbued with the like the spirit of the flower queen, princess, duchess. Sacrifice. Whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, they were like guiding her through the maze the first time she went in. And then they helped fight off the crazy nun lady with the big shears that was spreading the ashes because they had, she was going to fucking kill Parker also. But Ryder shows up to help Parker get out. Danny shows up to help Parker get out. And like they beat the shit out of Beth, like bean her in the back of the head, take out Bryce. It looks like they're, she's going to get fucking sacrificed and all shit's going to go to hell. But Ryder shows up at the last minute saves her and she's he's like we gotta go and she's like nah i need to go get danny i can't leave her again i know she sure she can't and because fuck no because she the, leaves her a second time i swear to god i'm gonna riot the other topiaries were helping she winds up setting not not setting rosamond on fire uh so those little Japanese beetles that Ryder liked to paint, they're mm-hmm. the natural enemy of the rose. And Ryder ah. was, uh, he was breeding them and he had a little jar and she released them on the white Rosamond rose. And Rosamond winds up, you know, crumbling because they, they swarmed the rose and ate it really right. fast. So Rosamond's gone. And so she's like, we got to fucking go get Danny because... Uh, Danny was being like detained by the family and some of the crowd people. Mm-hmm. The crowd people. The crowd. People. I like this. This is a technical turn. The crowd people. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good. Um, but Parker might manages to get to Danny, and they all get out safe. But you realize that the whole time Ryder wasn't crazy. There, the smell of roses went away. Like, the whole town didn't smell like roses the way it used to mm-hmm. after Rosamond's flower was burned. And the people started coming back to their senses. So, like, Parker's, not Parker's family, because they barely were there. Right. Ryder's family, his parents started to realize the loss of their daughter. Oh, that's rough. Mm-hmm. There's really not, like, a strong ending for the family of Beth, but you just assume because it's of, verified. Of that Beth? Yeah, Beth, because you you assume up until this point, yeah, that's the their Beth's family is right. The very first, it's like verified that it's them. They just haven't aged. Okay, you don't know. 
what happened? You assume that the topiaries take care of them. Like the other flower queens, princesses, duchesses. Sacrifices. Whatever. <laughs> kill them. Because they go after them. And then they're never really heard it's not of. not really dealt with. They again. move. They move or, out of coronation. And they're just like done. Or it doesn't like explain like how they stayed young that entire time. Nope. Cool. This guy's so good. That's really the end. That's not a resolution, buddy. She got back with Danny, so he bookended it pretty well. But that's not... If you could see my face, you'd know I'm not... I'm shaking my head. That's not the conflict. No. It wasn't a good book. One star. No. Yeah, I... mm -hmm. One half star. One half star. Zero peppers, thankfully. Zero peppers. Thank you, Jesus. God, that would have been a fucking weird amalgamation. <laughs> well, we as I say, we don't have any peppers today. No peppers. No None. peppers. No peppers. I so don't. if you came here for peppers. Peppires. Peppires. It'd become fancy. <laughs> this is why. This is why we don't do this at 3 a.m. anymore. Right. Which is hilarious because it's, it's, it's only two. It's only two. We're good. We're, we're fine. Um, I, I mean... If that's your shtick, I just told you the book, and I pretty much knew what was happening from, like, the second or third chapter. So, I didn't really give anything away that it didn't give itself away. But, you know, I... It was interesting. Not... No, it wasn't interesting. No, it wasn't. It was kind of entertaining at the end, because action, but I wouldn't read it. I wouldn't read it again. I don't think anybody else should read it. Sorry, Sean Sarles. Maybe the next time? Maybe take a creative writing class? Maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe it was his first book. I didn't really do much research. Okay. I don't know if Sean is a girl or a boy, because that's kind of a... Or a they-them. That's a universal name. That's true. Could be anybody. So I apologize if I misgendered Sean. But Sean... Sean can't write for shit. Sean is not good at plot. There was there was no plot. That was, it was not. I mean, okay, there was somewhat of a plot. Was well written, like it was technically not badly written. Right, but like the plot just didn't plot. Yeah, I don't feel like this one needs a lot of trigger warnings unless we like say trigger warning attempted murder. Okay, well, mine's got trigger warning actual murder. Oh, attempted slash actual murder. <laughs> we'll put that in the thingy. So say mine is like legit somebody gets murdered. Like that's, that's the beginning of the book. That seems to be uh, par for the course except for the last one. Yeah, I guess it's a it's yeah. a You like it when people point. die. I do. I, I do. It's because I don't like people. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, But I got this lovely gift from my godson for Christmas. Uh, never mind that he is in fact a baby. He totally, definitely bought me this book. And anybody who says otherwise can fight me. Okay. Uh, it's called The Guest List. And it's by Lucy Foley. And it's... I actually really like this one. It's a murder mystery situation. Like I said, you start off the book and you know somebody is dead. Right? Um, but you don't know who died. And you don't know who did it. 
the very beginning of the book is at the day of the wedding. What is happening? My arm is killing me from holding my microphone. Okay. I'm like, are we okay? Are we good? Are we good? We're good. So it starts like revenge. I've never seen revenge. Well, revenge doesn't start at a wedding. It starts at like a party for a wedding. Okay. Someone dies. Or, yeah, someone dies. Fair enough. they die. I would say that was uh, my cousin, who I'm definitely not going to say her name because I almost did, but I'm definitely not saying it. So sorry if you're listening to this that I almost said your name without your permission. Um, she really liked Revenge. It's really good. You should watch it. Emily, Emily Vandekamp? Emily. She's great. Love her. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hmm, okay. It's, you know what? It's, we'll watch it together. It's, okay. It's good. Okay. All right. Um, like I said, you don't technically know who dies. You don't know who killed them. You don't really know much of anything at this point. You just know it's the day of the wedding. Somebody is dead. Right. And the interesting thing about this, by the way, is that this goes from different perspectives. Right. It'll go from like the day of the wedding and it's written in like third person. And then you get good for you. Yes, but then it goes to first person, depending on who's, or I mean, it goes to first person because it's told through the perspective of like, how many, how many different people is it? It's like one, two, three, four, five, five, five different people, right? Uh, There's the wedding planner. There's the best man, the bridesmaid and um, the bride and then a plus one. Right. Just a plus one? A plus one is what it says on there. Her name is Hannah. Oh, she gets a name at least. She does have a name. Um, so here's the deal, okay? Bride has an old friend, and I don't remember what his name is. Sam or Charlie or some simple-ass fucking name that doesn't have any bearing here whatsoever anyway um that they were like super close bestie bestie besties and he was absolutely totally 1000 percent in love with her let's just go ahead and say it right now fuck it as they are yeah as per fucking usual anyway his wife is hannah who is the plus one that's who hannah is um. but it tends to do like it'll go back in time and tell you the perspective of each of our main characters leading up to the wedding and every so often every there's a chapter of the day of the wedding Mm -hmm. that's told in like third person from like the moment when the dead body is found okay like it goes on from there uh until you finally catch up and find out not only who the dead body is but who killed them and it's pretty interesting. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I would definitely read more of hers. But um, let me see what I can remember exactly. Since it is slightly out of order, first of all, because you're going back and forth between characters and back and forth in time as well. It's almost like me trying to explain a very linear plot, but in my brain. Yes. That's like, I literally feel like this is probably how like a poor poor person with ADHD's brain works like that's and I and it has been since like maybe January since I read this book so bear with me 
right? So we've got the bride, Jules, right? And she's got her, I can't remember if it's her half-sister or her stepsister, but her sister is her bridesmaid. And her sister's name, I've written it down, Olivia. Her sister's name is Olivia, right? She's one of the ones that is from her perspective. Like I said, we've got the plus one, that's Hannah. She is married to Jules's best guy friend that's been in love with her since fucking forever and wants to be marrying her. Let's be honest. Inconsequential name guy. Inconsequential name guy. Because honestly, he's a piece of shit. Oh, good. He's a straight up fucking piece of shit. Like literally, this is another book where pretty much all of the men are trash. There's like one good guy. One good guy in the whole fucking thing. Everybody else is trash. 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 <laughs> okay, that's apparently what I read as books about trash men. Yeah. Trash men. Right? I didn't trash this one. Men. No. Um, this one is, in fact, a gift from my godson. <laughs> Absolutely. He totally went out and bought it, you know, when he was only like six months old. That totally happened for sure. For sure, for sure. He loves his godmother that much. He made it happen. <laughs> Um, and then you've got the best man, Jono, is, I'm assuming how you would say that. Jono? Yeah. It's like J-O-H-N-N-O. That's so, how I would say it. Yeah, Jono. Maybe right. we should start writing down the name of all I, of the people in our books. I did. Oh, hey. I've got it written down. That's, that's how I know. Um, Jono. Right. And then the I keep wedding planner. And I can hear myself breathing into my mic. I apologize for my breaths. I'm going to set my mic down and pretend like I don't exist. Don't pretend like you don't exist. I like you. I mean, I'll still talk, but I'm going to get really close. Okay. So, and then there's the uh, wedding planner. And I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly. I went and looked up how to pronounce it because it is... I believe Scottish technically it's uh Aoife I believe if I remember correctly on what I looked up she is the wedding planner uh the groom's name is Will just so people know I don't eh, fuck that guy anyway how we don't even like the groom (sighs) no (laughs) no we don't no why am I not surprised so, Eva lives in on this like island in Scotland. I think it was Scotland. Yeah, it was Scotland. Okay, sorry. Um, and she and her husband Freddie are opening up like this new wedding venue on the island, and she apparently reached out to Jules, who is slightly famous not like super famous but slightly famous and was like here because she was asking about wedding venues or whatever because she i I don't know i think we find out later there was like worrying about pricing because they were spending a little bit above their means from what i understand if i remember correctly as most people getting married do yes um and so um eva was like hey look this is my place this is the rate that i'll give you and apparently it was pretty cheap Mm. so jules is like 
hell yeah, we're going to take that place. And so everybody has got to be like taken out there on a boat. You can only come in or go out during like certain times because of the water and the weather and all of that crap, right? Yeah. Okay. So everybody gets to the islands. Um, and basically, I'll try to tell this the best I can because like I said, it's it's so jumbled. Um, Hannah is like super jealous of Jules because inconsequential name guy <laughs> is obviously super in love with Jules and he is kind of, um, I guess, been kind of lackluster in their marriage pretty much. Um, they've got kids. They left him at home. This is supposed to be like a fun little vacay for them and for them to like kind of rekindle some romance. But that's going to be difficult considering that he is in love with Jules. Right. But Jules is getting married to Will. Will has his own TV show. Right. Mm. And it's like, I don't remember what the name of the TV show is, but it's like basically like Survivor. Like they kind of drop him off in the middle of nowhere and he has to like survive in the wilderness for a certain amount of days. Kind of like that. What is that? Like bare naked and scared or whatever the crap. Whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah. It's. It's one of those, except for that he's the only person on the show. Great. So it's like Bear Grylls naked and afraid. It's like yeah, it's like a combination. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 a that's a good point. That's that's what it is. Who the fuck would want to see Bear Grylls naked? Well, apparently Will's very attractive, so he's the kind of person that you would want to see naked. Not that he is in fact naked when they drop him off, but they just drop off a naked man and they're like, "Here's your groom." No, they drop this guy off in the middle of the wilderness. Like that's the TV show. Oh, that's the TV show. Oh, so he's that's not what his naked and afraid on the TV show. He's just him. Bear Grylls oh. in the wild. <laughs> yeah, like he's got to survive or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and it's you find what? out. Does the sorry. Does the recording, like the videographer, also have to just survive, or do they get to bring food? That's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that, because that's not really addressed in this book. Hey, in the next episode of Beyond the Pod, Tiff and Monty. Beyond the Pod? Yeah, Beyond Our Pod. Beyond Our Pod. Yeah, like Beyond Oh, okay, I like it. I like it. I like Our Pod better than The Pod. Okay, it ties in. I like it, yeah. No, yeah, okay, so we're going to, like, name it. I like it. We're going to Google if the people that record survival shows get food. Uh, it's a good question um and if lucy fully is out there listening for whatever reason if you could you know send us an answer let us know if that's the way it worked for will's cameraman that would be cool we need to know the details of this fictional show we do uh it's very important it's deeply important the most important i'm not gonna sleep tonight uh yeah um now that you presented that question to me that's what i'm gonna be thinking about i'm literally gonna google it when we're done I love that. The only reason I'm not doing it now is because I don't want it to pick up my keyboard. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Anyways, moving right along. Okay. So that's Will. That's who she's marrying. He's apparently super attractive, super nice. Everybody loves him. Hannah's a little starstruck by him, but she doesn't want her husband to know because he's very unimpressed with this guy because he's jealous. So. Of course he is. Of course he is. So, of course. Absolutely. Um. Olivia, the sister, uh, she shows up and she's very, like, depressed and kind of like, nah. And Jules is like, what is wrong with this girl? You think she would be grateful that I've got her in my wedding? Like, I love her so much and I invited her to be in my wedding. And she's just 
so blah. Like what, what is going on with my teenage sister? What is, what is wrong with her? I don't know. Um, maybe dropped her on a, like an island in the middle of fucking nowhere. And we're like, there's probably no cell reception here. Make yeah. yourself at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be great. Everything's about me. And then you've got, well, you get that there's a little resentment between, like, Jules and Olivia. Because Jules feels like Olivia got the better version of their mother. She feels like their mom was not a mom for her, but she was a mom for Olivia. So Jules is jealous of Olivia and how their mother treats her. So, like, every older child? Ever, yeah. 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 Bitch, get over yourself that's what i'm saying i'm like um hello every oldest child knows that you're like the test run run and that they're gonna fuck you up and it do you just it's your job to like parent the other kids come on now get it together i don't agree with parentification (laughs) of your oldest child for the record i mean no i agree you you, you shouldn't do it but it does happen a lot yes absolutely um either they do that or they're like oh shit we were way too strict or like I don't give a fuck anymore or this is my last kid. So I'm going to be so nice. Yeah. It's just, it's just the kind of way that, that, that shit kind of happens. Um, but yeah, Jules kind of resents Olivia for that. And Olivia is like completely oblivious to all of that. Um, you also find out that Jules used to be a little bit heavier and Olivia has always been thin. So that's another point of contention. And Olivia is just kind of, like, living her life and just kind of, like, Jules always gets her way, whatever, Jules, blah, blah, blah. I've got other things to worry about than your wedding. Like, I'm obviously super depressed here um, because you find out that she's got other shit going on. Um, And Jules has got, like, this, like, one-sided sibling rivalry going on in her head. (laughs) I just, I'm like, girl... Get your shit together. You're an adult and you're getting married. Get the fuck over it. Like, move on. Get some therapy. I'm just saying. Seriously. Some therapy. Being an adult and jealous of a teenager? Bruh. You you already went through puberty. Like, give them a fucking break. I'm just saying. Like, get fucking therapy. Also, it's not your kid sister's fault that your mom was a fucking bitch to you. It's also not your kid sister's fault that you were chunky and she's thin. Also, yes. Genetics are a bitch, bruh. For real. Like, get over it. Jesus. And it's not like she's out there, like, rubbing it in your face or anything. Yeah. Um, so it's just a whole fucking ordeal of, like, complicated feelings between her and her sister. And then you've got the best man, Jono. All right. And while I was reading this book, I turned to my friend who um, recommended the book to me in the first place. And I was like, why is he giving I'm in love with the groom vibes? Uh, I'm not sure she agreed with me on that one. But they were, as far as I'm concerned, they were definitely there. There's like this, like he's palling around with all of the groomsmen and the the groom and he's kind of reminiscing on their time at school together so they went to like this boarding school um it's almost like a what was that book that we had to read for lit was it 
a separate piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a whole like boys boarding school vibe thing. And Will's Minus dad. Something worse happened. Oh, Jesus. Then broken legs. Um, Will's dad was like the dean or principal or fucking whatever. So Will being Will kind of got away with some shit that he probably shouldn't have. As one does. But it's a lot of them, like, reminiscing about their time, like, before Will met Jules and how they used to play this game where they'd go and, like, do some, like, hazing of a boy by, you know, taking him out of his bed in the middle of the night, putting him out in the middle of nowhere, and he had to survive for the night. Oh, like Will's show? Yeah, which is where... Jono and Will got the idea for the show and they pitched it together to these producers and the producers um, wanted Will but not Jono. Um, and Jono was saying like he's actually currently doing this whole thing where he's made some whiskey and he's brought some with him to like the uh, wedding and he's doing so good. But you get the idea that um, Will has been <coughs> um, ignoring Jono? Jono's been reaching out, but Will's kind of been, like, reluctant. And even in, like, their interactions, you can see, like, Jono's, like, way more into this friendship than Will is. Which is, I guess, where I kind of got the totally in love with the room vibes. I, I don't know. I, I, I totally saw it. Reminds me I of totally Red saw it. I've read recently. It was, it was definitely, like, I saw the vibes. I saw the vibes. Mm-hmm. I absolutely did. Um, but going up to the wedding, you have like this, um, interaction between Hannah and, uh, Olivia actually, because Olivia finds Hannah really easy to talk to. Um, and he find out Hannah had a younger sister who was in college who dated a guy. And when they broke up because she was really more studious than like interested in boys. And so she decided she needed to return to her studies. She broke up with the guy. And the guy, of course, did the thing that unfortunately happens um, in this day and age where he shared inappropriate, I can't remember if it was pictures or video. Revenge porn. Yeah, basically, of her to the whole school. And she ended up committing suicide. Jesus. Yeah. Um, And you find out that they're... Throughout, like, this whole, like, because this is, like, a couple of days before the wedding or whatever, you find out as you're going through with, like, the backstory from the younger sister that she recently went through, like, a breakup. Okay. Um, and that she had met this guy online and met up with him, and she told him she was older than she was, and he's an actual, like, adult um, and that they'd broken up. And so you think what she's upset about is that, like, her heart is broken. Right? Mm-hmm. You think that's what's got her down. But that's what it is. <laughs> and then um, you've got Will finding, like, no, it wasn't technically Will that found the sea- seaweed in the bed. It was Jules. Seaweed? In their bed. Seaweed in their bed. And so he thinks it's the groomsmen playing like a prank on him. It's mermaids. <laughs> that would be so cool. It was not mermaids. Somebody is definitely, definitely playing with him. But it is not the groomsmen. He thought it was. 
Um, turns out it's not them. They were not messing around with him for like old time's sake or like as a, um, way to like remind him of their time at school together. Like that's not what's happening here. You find out that, or well, Jono finds out by talking to one of the producers. He sees one of the producers at the, um, I think it's not the actual wedding. I think it's like the rehearsal dinner. Um, but I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. I did read this in late January. Um, Jono runs into one of the producers and he's like, so sorry that you didn't want to join us, Jono, in our like TV show. It would have been so great to have you. Right? Right? That's fucking hell. Right? What a right? That's proof. That's proof that he's less invested in this friendship and way more in it for the money for himself. Right? What a piece of shit. Right? So then that's when Jono realizes that Will lied, told the producers that Jono didn't want to do it because the producers did want Jono. Jono this entire time has thought that maybe it's because he's not as attractive as Will or any of that or as interesting as Will. But it turns out that they really wanted like Jono to be there too. And Will told them that Jono didn't want to do it. And they told Jono that the producers didn't want him. So like Jono and Will end up in like this cave on the island to like kind of talk it out that like Hannah and Olivia had used earlier to kind of talk and it's um, the cave of truth it is the cave of truth cave and of wonders. <laughs> except for that no diamond in the rough has actually been in this cave because there's no way in hell Will could have got in shitters. there's no way in hell Will could have got in mm-hmm. um and so they're like arguing back and forth about it and Will's like come on man it's not a big deal type thing like trying to convince trying to convince Jono that it that it was fine and that it worked out because Jono's got the the whiskey thing now and Jono's like I lied I'm not starting uh my own whiskey I didn't make my own whiskey this is some other whiskey that I just put into a fancy bottle and like lied about because I didn't want people to know that I suck as a human being um and that my life sucks like you ruined my life um, and he's like, don't forget, I know secrets about you. Oh, dun, dun. Right? He's like, I... I need to get a soundboard now. I've got this fancy thing. <laughs> he's like, I know. I know what you did. We know what we did. Oh, they did. They did. They did. And you kind of get, like, this little hint that it has something to do with another boy that was at school. Um, there was, like, this kid that wasn't cool with them and all like their cute little pranks that they did or whatever and he was always basically kind of like y'all are fucking stupid what the hell is wrong with you type thing and he had another friend that was a bigger kid and they can't remember his name they just keep referring to him as fat ass oh yeah um and that they decided that they were going to do like a survive on this kid And you eventually find out that what's happened was that they took him out of his bed at night, put him down on the side of an island. And it was Will who kept telling, because Jono was like, in Jono's rememberings, Jono was like, well, let's just put him down here. And Will's like, no, 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 we're going to put him over here. And so they tie him up and leave him basically on like this beach area before the tide comes in. 
they tie him up? Yeah, like they left him there. And to drown? To drown. The kid drowned to death. They wanted to kill a kid? They killed a kid. They were kids. They wanted to kill a kid. They killed a kid. Well, I think Will more than anything, because I think, if I remember correctly, there was some sort of incident between him and the kid, and the kid kind of, like, bruised his ego. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't... The little baby man. Yeah. He's got a very fragile baby man ego. Absolutely. Like I said, Will is trash. I was not even beginning to play around with the fact that Will is trash. So now we already have, like... A couple of murderers just chilling. Yeah, in a cave. In a cave. Mm-hmm. On an island. On an island in Scotland. Murder where another murder is, in fact, going to take place. Yes. Great. Yes. I have a so, feeling they're not going to be the murderers. They. Well. <laughs> well, we'll, get, we'll get there. Maybe we'll get are. there. We'll get there. I mean, so, it would be a really shitty version of a plot point to be like, hey, these guys are murderers. They're going to keep being murderers instead of being like, hey, these guys are murderers. Psych! It was this guy. So, uh, they get kind of, like, broken up with their, like, arguing and back and forth. And I don't remember how much of, of it is revealed then in the cave and how much of it you find out, like, a little bit later. Because I think it's, like, kind of teased in the cave and you get more information on it later. Um, but, uh Aoife comes down there, and I think it's Aoife. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Aoife. Um, she comes down and is like, hey, look, we need you for wedding stuff. And, like, Jono's, like, weirded out because he's like, how much did she hear? Um, mm-hmm. Which is what it is. So, and the whole time you get, like... From Aoife's point of view, you get a lot of, um, like, anxiety. She's got a lot of anxiety about everything going right. And, like, at one point in time, she sees these birds that are supposed to be, like, a harbinger of, like, death and doom. And they call it, like, the... uh, It's like a death bird or something. Anyway, I looked this bird up, by the way. Because I was like, what does this bird look like? I need to know. Because that's what, like, the locals call it. And she was, like, talking about how she hopes that, like, the bride and groom don't catch wind of the fact that this bird is um, supposed to be, like, super unlucky. I wonder if I wrote down the name of it. Um, No. But she did say, and this was such a hardcore, like, line, that I I died. Um, And it says, and I'm not worried about it being about it being haunted i have my own ghosts i carry them with me wherever i go and i was like damn girl yes (laughs) thank you for making me feel seen um but she i I guess i didn't write down the name of the bird um but i looked up this bird i want y'all to know i looked up the name of this bird the actual name of the bird is in the book um but i did not write it down and i looked it up and it just looks like a black pelican and I was like, this is, this is the death bird? Like, have you seen... Oh, that's a dead bird. No. No. <laughs> I'm like, have you seen those, like, those vultures, the ones that, like, rub, like, dust and dirt on themselves? And they're, like, red and, like, terrifying? Um, that's, that's a death bird. A uh, black pelican is, is not a death bird, for the record. They're not, <laughs> they're not scary. Um, Yeah. These, these things 
those things are scary. That's a death bird. The black pelican is not a death bird. Um, this is the, uh, what do they call this? The one, bearded vulture. I'm talking about a bearded vulture. That thing's terrifying. I looked up um, black death bird and it comes up with plague doctors. <laughs> nope, not that. Uh, Different kind of death bird. But... Uh, you just get a lot of anxiety from her about how things are going to go. And Freddie is trying to, of course, like, tell her everything's going to be fine. It's going to, it's all going to work out. She's hoping that nobody knows that these, like, birds are uh, supposedly, like, bad omens. And... Cormorant. Yeah. Cormorant. Is the other guy Charlie? Yeah, Whatever. I found, I found, I found, I found the shitter's name. Yeah, the, the in, inconsequential motherfucker. Inconsequential. I told you, I thought his name was like Charlie or Sam or some bullshit like that anyway. Oh, I just got a spoiler. I'm okay, well, you. stop doing that. I'm trying to tell bird. you. I was looking up the bird. I'm trying to tell you things. Listen. Go Jesus. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <sighs> Listen. I am so mad at you right now. I'm so sorry, but you totally I'm... got the plot twist in my plot, like, a third of the way into the description. So. Okay, but that's because your book was predictable. Don't do that to Lucy Foley. She worked hard. You know. Okay. You know. How and you, I listen. kind of, sort of saw. I definitely saw the Jono thing coming. I'm gonna see the. I saw the Olivia thing coming. I saw the Hannah thing coming. There was one thing that shocked me, um, and it was, like, one thing and one thing only, and it was because of somebody else's preconceived notion about gender fucking names, and it didn't, it was not my fault. That's all I'm going to say. If somebody else didn't have preconceived notion about gendered fucking names and Scottish names and all the rest of that, I would have figured that out, too, because I almost had it. I almost had it, if and not for... I would for have s- had it, too, if it wasn't for you is. and your pesky name. That's all right, because um, Hannah at one point goes for a walk around the area and sees a grave, and she thinks it's a little girl's grave. Um, turns out it is, in fact, not a little girl's grave. It is a boy's grave. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Jesus shit, I was talking about... Oh. Aoife's got, like, all of the, like, anxiety and shit going on. Um, Hannah spends a lot of time just kind of trying to, like, not freak out about the fact that her husband is stupidly in love with the bride, who is, like, honestly, Jules is kind of a fucking bitch. Um, and you've got, like, Olivia having a whole goddamn fucking mental break, and nobody really cares like it except for hannah who doesn't even know her who stops to talk to her to like see how she's doing and try to connect with her and hope that she can talk to her but like she's got empathy yeah she's got empathy and observation skills yeah unlike some people unlike some people <laughs> like some douche canoes that just tie up a fat kid and leave them on no the it wasn't the fat die. kid it wasn't the fat kid they left on the beach to die it's the oh. other kid there was two boys there were two boys that they went to school with one of them was the one that gave a lot of attitude to will the other one was the one that they called fat ass and they were friends oh they killed they killed the non-fat kid the one that gave will a lot of crap and the only kid who saw them take off 
was Jono. No, no, no. Jono oh. was one of the ones that took the kid. Oh, yeah. Because it was Will and Jono that did it. They didn't involve anybody else. Okay. From their little group of friends. It was just them two. It was very much giving me the vibes from that Criminal Minds episode with the kids that used to be obsessed with the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. And they're like one of them's in love with the other one and the other one's getting married. Like it was, it was all of that. I like that like, episode. Killed somebody together. Yeah. This, this was them. This is John Owen Will. They were okay. trying to commit the perfect crime. Yeah. Yeah. Only I think John Owen Will were just shitheads. Yeah. Basically. And the kid that they called fat ass was the kid that saw them take the other kid out of the room. He knew that they had taken him, but he can't prove it, even though he s- told people they did. And, of course, Will's dad is the dean, so, like, that got nowhere. Yeah. Right? Um, so, it just didn't It just didn't happen. So, they killed the kid. Got away with it. Um, it's like and, cops don't exist or something. Well, you know, when your dad's the dean of the school and can say, mm, that didn't happen... They didn't take him. That doesn't dispute. No, I mean. Forensic fact. But they would have had to find forensics, which they didn't find. Oh, yeah. You said it was an island. No, this was at school. Oh, okay. This was at their little boarding school. I'm going to have to fact check the fact that I'm pretty sure you said it was an island, but that might have been The island is where they're having the wedding. Yeah, I know. The other place where they went to school has got some sort of like a beach beach area yeah something somehow somewhere um and so like the story that they're feeding is that this kid decided to like go out and explore and got lost and like accidentally drowned or like tried to kill himself or something like that um that's the official story but there's he hogtied himself and jumped into the ocean well by the time they find the dead body he's not hogtied anymore so like that's what they would say yeah 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 he absolutely he did he did an act of pure magic he literally wanted to die that badly and then he wormed him sway him sway into the ocean he all he like, had to do all he had to do was stay in that like little beach or bay area or whatever the fuck it was yeah. and it would have come fresh straight for him well, why wait for the water to do it when you can do it for you <laughs> i mean good point i mean if they're trying to sell suicide but like they don't have any proof that there is no proof that they are the ones that took him in the middle of the night other than and the took him kid. down there other than the fat kid who's claiming they did it and the fat kid was supposedly their friend not their friend the dead kid's friend the dead kid's friend a dead kid's okay, friend. I'm caught up now. He was the dead kid's friend. If this. I could remember some of these names, it would be helpful. I'm not going to try to Google because n- it- never find out, like, from Jono's point of view, you don't find out who fat, what fat ass's name is. All they can remember is that they call him fat ass. Well, they don't give a shit about They him. don't. Exactly. So why would they even So know? I wouldn't even have a name to give you. Um, And I can't, and I think... It took a while till you. They can't remember the kid's name that they killed him either. Oh, that's so good. so now they're just indiscriminately like, murdering. Like they him. had another name that they called him, like a little like nickname that they called him, and I can't remember what it is because like I literally read this in January. I really should have wrote more shit down. But we um, know for the future. Yes, I need to I've, not be I've so started slow. writing some very like detailed. Oh stuff. Jesus! You're gonna run out of room. We're gonna need to get yeah. Um, it's it's just what happens. But um, like I said. You've got all of that going on. Hannah is exploring 
the grounds and like i said she found a grave of a little girl that is in fact There's a little air boy quotations happening. yes there are air quotations happening her and her assumptions about gendered names threw me off and i'm a little bit mad at her for it but also she is like the only person on this fucking island with any goddamn fucking empathy for this like very young girl who's going through some serious bullshit at the moment and so therefore i'm not super mad at her um I'm excited to find out what everybody's going through. So, Olivia. You find out Olivia, like I said, she met a guy online, lied about her age, met up with him, right? I just almost made a really insensitive remark. What? Is her last name Rodrigo? Is she out here making, like, sick breakup songs? (laughs) No. Instead, she is meeting up with a guy who gave... um, a fake name who was obviously an adult and knew she lied about being like he took one look at her and definitely could tell she said she knew he knew but he kept like meeting up with her anyway and she got him into this fancy party that her sister was throwing for i can't remember what the hell her sister what jules does for work but it's some sort of fancy ass party anyway um and there he kind of like breaks up with her and sends her on her way he stays no 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 he doesn't break up with her that's right he ghosts her that's what it was he ghosts her right and she doesn't hear from him well then she finds out she's pregnant right so that's an issue and i don't remember if by the end of this i think she gets an abortion i don't i don't remember but I think so. Um, and then she sees the guy again because he's introduced as her half sister, Jules, new fiance. Will is the guy that knocked her up. You know, when you said that she had a thing, my brain was like, she's when you when you like gave the hint about the online guy, I was like, it's totally douchebag will it is and see that's what i said too whenever i read it i was like it's douchebag will and then i turned around and i was like the guy the guy that did the revenge porn that was douchebag will too wasn't it and you find out it was oh good yeah so will has now like made hannah's sister kill herself which hannah ends up figuring out at the wedding Right. You've got Olivia, who is suicidal as shit, like at one point literally walks into the ocean Um, and he comes in to save her and pull her out of the water. And then like later is like admonishing her and is like, don't try to pull that bullshit again. Like, what's wrong with you? You're going to ruin your sister's wedding. And she's like, I'm going to tell her what happened between the two of us or whatever. And he's like no you're not you're not gonna tell her shit because nobody's gonna believe you blah 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 all this other shit jules of course overhears all of this because they've gone off in the middle of the fucking wedding to have this conversation and i am a little all over the place i am so sorry (laughs) but the book's a little all over the place which is fine it works for like it's genre it's it's really good it's a genre it's a genre um but it works for that Mm -hmm. so jules overhears now knows that not only did they have a relationship but he knocked her up and that 
that was before he met her because he met Jules at the party after he sent Olivia home. Because, oh, that's right. Olivia got completely, like, shit-faced drunk and was, like, slightly embarrassing. And so, because she, she was nervous. And um, she was, like, super embarrassed. But he sent her off in a cab and sent her home. And that was the last she heard from him. And she thought that that was why he wasn't calling her back. But it was because he met Jules, who he did not know was Olivia's sister at the time, and started a relationship with her. He finds out whenever he comes to meet her. And this whole time, she hasn't, like, told Jules or anything, and she's trying to keep it inside because, like, she's upset, and she's, like, pregnant with his child, and she doesn't want to upset Jules, but, like, also at the same time, she can't decide if she needs to tell Jules because, like, this guy's obviously a fucking creep, and um, she's, like, so... She's just, like, Jules and her perfect everything and her perfect life, and I'm just, like, so like suicidal like that's that's where she's at Mm -hmm. um but so Jules finds out that Will slept with her sister and got her pregnant uh before he knew her even though her sister is you know young right um so you've already got him at this point screwed over Jono's life right if you're keeping if you're keeping track here screwed over Jono's life right Mm -hmm. knocked up Olivia and then, like, went off and fucked her sister, got engaged to her sister, who just found out about that. By the way, holding up three fingers now. Also Hannah. And then Hannah's sister killed herself because of Will. That's four out of our five main characters. That have been fucking touched by the hand of this ruddy trash bin. That's a fucking right. That's right. So, at this point... Bet you can't guess about number five. I'm trying to remember who number five is. There's so many players. Aoife. Aoife. The He's done some shit with her? Not with her. To her? Eh, sort of. Remember the kitty kills? Remember me talking about the little boy grave? Aoife's brother, who had a name that was traditionally more of a girl like name, feminine. I guess. A little bit more feminine for Hannah. Um, who Hannah assumed was a little girl who drowned. It was a little boy who drowned. You know when you said that there was a little girl, but you gave me a little bit of a hint by saying yes. it was fucked up names. I was yes. like, oh, it's it's that dead drowned kid. Yes. That How threw can me you have off. your hand in so many shitty baskets I know, once? right? So he killed, so as it f- turns out, Eva. so Eva is the sister of the guy they killed. Freddie, her husband, is the fat ass. Oh, so we found out his name. His name is Freddie. He is now married to Aoife. They are, like, super cute together. He's, like, the only decent fucking man in this book. Like, he supports her 1,000%, and he's always there for her, and it's really cute. And they got together in the first place because, like, she was the only one that he could tell about her brother dying to that would, like, believe him mm-hmm. or whatever. So, like, it's... It, it's... No wonder a weird the situation. Was really uh, inexpensive. Yeah, she literally, and that's what the anxiety is about because she wanted them there because she was going to confront Will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you can imagine by now, who do you think got killed? Will. Will got killed. That's the spoiler and I got. That's the only thing I knew. Was that it was Will? Okay, good. So, and at I this point, didn't at, keep reading. at this point, we've got like five possible suspects that could have killed him. Yeah. And 
you get kind of um, like where they were at the moment things of where he was killed. And spoiler alert, real spoiler alert, like Aoife killed him. I mean, like she went to go talk to him, but she had like the knife to like the cake. Like she got just, she was so mad once he was there and she has like the cake knife or whatever. And she ends up being the one who killed him. And if I remember correctly, it's, who is it that gets blamed for it? Oh, God. I think it's Jono gets arrested for it, technically. Eva never even gets caught. And you find out, by the way, also, little side note, Charlie? Yeah. Charlie slept with Jules while he was married to Hannah right after Hannah had one of his babies. Oh, so he was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And a piece of trash. And so was she, because why the fuck would she sleep with a married man? Oh, because she's Jules. Honestly, I don't think much of Jules. I think she sounds like a horrible human being, TBH. Uh, um, I agree. As someone who's been inside of her head for a couple of pages, a couple of hundreds of pages, um, I think she's a trash human being as well. Um, and if she had been blamed for his death, that would have been okay with me too. But she does seem to kind of be a little bit more caring towards her sister after that. So, like, maybe it kind of, like, does a change in her. But I believe Jono is the one that is technically blamed for Will's death and actually arrested for it. And not Aoife, but she's the one who fucking kills that motherfucker. But Aoife's like, fucking good on you. You also killed my brother. Let's take Mm -hmm. away both their lives at once. I mean, I don't think she necessarily planned that with no, Jono, but it, works out. but it worked out. And I love that for her. It was a cute little moment. <laughs> it was great. Um, but I loved this book. It was really great. Um, are all of her books like that? Yes. So now I need to. They're all apparently. Well, according to the person that recommended it, they're all like that. Um, I sat on her couch actually and read it because that was the week it was early february that's when i read this because that's right whenever we storm. had the ice storm and i was home from work all week and i read it then so now i need to pray to the book gods that they will buy me a book that i want again because i can't do it for myself um, no you can't or i guess you could always check out see if they've got any lucy foley's at the library oh i could um there's one called the paris apartment that i've been eyeballing um but yeah i really liked it even though there were obviously trash characters but it's a murder mystery so i don't expect everybody to be like awesome yeah right so um he's getting killed yeah i believe i gave this one like four stars like i genuinely really liked it um it wasn't super predictable i saw some things coming but there were some other things that like obviously got to me and I like that you don't even know like who's dead yeah they keep that a secret and they just tell you some shit yeah you get like all of this backstory first as they continue to go on and like you keep getting flashes to like the actual murder and what's happening then too and it was just really interesting um it's hard to talk about in the same way that it's written yeah, because um, it's back and forth. Because it's back and forth, and it's from so many different perspectives. Um, hopefully, I did it justice. But I really liked it. I um, like and it. I, I would, didn't even read it. 
I would read a lot more of hers. Um, I'll let you borrow it, even though you know all the twists, because it's it's pretty well written too. Yeah, I might take if there's nothing at the library, I might read it just to get like yeah. The yeah, it's uh, I still need to read it. It's pretty good. I liked it. Awesome. I would recommend it. I would too, and I've never read it. I would not, however, recommend pushing posies. No, a uh, pocket full of posies. pocket full of posies. Pushing daisies is the TV show. Yeah, never yeah. watched that. Yeah, me neither. It sounded sad. Pocket full of posies would be like a good starter mystery book for a kid or like a young adult, like a young young adult, because it wasn't really a mysterious to people who are like, I don't know, logical thinkers. Yeah, good point. Or could follow a linear fucking equation because that was a fucking it was literally a to b there was not very many curves or twists not like mine that was like all over the place Mm -mm. it was like being inside a adhd brain that's where it felt like you almost just read the plot of one of our like unsolved games yeah it was it was very much a lot like one of our unsolved games i i genuinely really liked it um we're definitely gonna have to probably put a couple of spoilers on here for mentions of like suicide and but like it yeah it's really good and i really liked it um but i like it i would read more of her yeah i'm gonna put it on my wish list and probably go to the library I recommend it being on your wish list. Maybe, I don't know, somebody will buy it for you the way my godson bought it for me. Maybe. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I mean, I got a miracle because a six-month-old bought me a book. Because a six-month miracle also. A six-month miracle also bought me a book. Yeah. Yes. So, little little high and low here. We got a yeah. not-so-good and a really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, we're opposite ends today. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Me too. We can't always be reading the same stuff. That's accurate. We haven't once read the same stuff and talked about it, but you know, similar stuff. Yeah, that's that true. first one. That first one was kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. a terrible book. I was, neither, we both. Uh, no, it was, yours was good. Mine was terrible. No, no, because the first book I talked about was a Northern Light. I did not like that book. Was that Northern Lights? I thought it was. I thought it was your Red Flags. Red Flags everywhere. A Northern Light, yeah. Oh. I did negative three stars on it. Yeah. I thought it was the other one. Nah, the other one, I did. No, that was our second podcast. Our first podcast was Mexican Gothic. And your book, Veronica, no. Uh... Mm-hmm. What book? What book did I do for the first one? I don't remember. The one with the guy... <laughs> The guy, the like Mexican Gothic. It, it was, was, it was like the oh, Prince guy. Victoria Holt. Victoria Holt. No, okay, no, you're right. That was that's the first one, and I down. did like that. Yeah, that's right, because I didn't even have this set up then. I'm and looking then the back at my book. The second one was the ones that we both hated. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and then Akatar, which I was okay with, and Suicide Notes, which you were. I can't believe we've done okay four with. of these. We've stuck with it yeah. long enough. I think we're just gonna keep doing it. We might as well. I'm actually having fun. I love that. Yeah, for you. And now we have this fancy lots of knobs. And I get to hold a microphone, microphone so yeah. maybe people can hear me. I apologize if any of the sound situation is uh, frustrating. Like if you can hear me breathing or 
me clicking my... I don't... I, don't... I haven't heard very many clicks. Okay, good. Because last time I could hear clicking and it was annoying. I think it's because it picks up pretty much any sound you're making from the minute you start making sound. So it's not cutting out in between. And then when you open your mouth, catching the click that opens your mouth. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I cut out a whole lot of mouth noises that I'm not going to do this time because it's going to be very involved. really like that you just mouth noise noises mouth at the people mouth I, noises i did insist upon my husband wearing my headphones so i could pretend asmr in his ears for a minute i'm sure he really enjoyed it he said it was loud so he probably didn't <laughs> cannot believe it i'm shocked <laughs> um but yeah so we don't recommend and do recommend mine and then hers in that order we have the email i think i talked about pretty much everything we have to talk about yeah i think we're good please um, email us i was gonna say i know what book i'm gonna talk about next oh me I'm too covered mine's nemesis i think uh i'm gonna talk about the vanisher palace which is a beauty and the beast retelling oh god that could good is well you've already read it but that could go good or bad it could um i'm interested it's gonna be fun so I'm i guess not- we'll see you next time then yeah Yeah. um this podcast is going to be going out in just a little bit it's three o'clock on easter sunday so happy easter if you celebrate happy sunday if you don't yes uh i think that's all right yeah very good have a good day bye bye